Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yo, yo, you're listening to the Alt and Our Stars podcast. That's the name of the show. My name is Chris Payne. Today's guest on the show is Kit Moore. Country rocker. I think that's a good way to describe him. Maybe rocker first. Maybe rockin', rockin' country guy. Because he's got a new album out. It's called Wild Ones. And yeah, it's uh, we talk about this. It's a little, little more on the rock side than his first album. It's his sophomore major label album. And we talk about how that heartland rock music is really big in country now. And how, in a lot of ways, the place for big guitars, a big place for that right now is country music. So um, this conversation took place last week. I spoke to Kip in the Billboard office when he was uh, morning of a show at Terminal 5 in New York City, big show, and uh, talked about a, lo- a lot about that, of what it's like to play a venue like Terminal 5. It's got a 3,000-capacity room in the city. Uh, we talked about uh, a lot of things here. It was my second country artist I've had on the podcast. We had Ashley Monroe a couple weeks back, and... Uh, yeah, we talked a lot of, on that on that Heartland Rock tip. We talked about Bruce. We talked about Jackson Brown, Bob Seger, Finn Lizzy, Bob Dylan, a lot of his influences. And he really opened up about his past. Uh, Kip toughed it out so long throughout his 20s while his friends, his peers were getting married, having kids. There were times when that gave Kip some anxiety, but he really, really worked through things. A bunch of vocations pursuits whatever you want to call them before he really landed with this steady gig in country music he talks about how he got successful what he actually did to make it happen and took us through to some of the details of the wild ones album which i just talked about so i think this is a guy who really is really going hard for the fans out there i know that's sort of something that every artist does to get to where they are but with kip i think it really holds a lot of weight when he says how much the fans mean to him and how much he just like pours extra hours of his day and like his his vocals like so much singing throughout the day. We'll see. Um, let's just go. Let's let's cut to the show. I've been talking a long time. This is Kit Moore on the Alton Our Stars podcast. Enjoy. Hey there, so Alton Our Stars podcast here talking with Kit Moore. How's it going? It's good, man. Good to be in good to be in the big city. Yeah. We were just talking about your show tonight, Terminal Five. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's been a lot of hype around Terminal Five for quite a while, as far as the venue itself. I mean, I've been I've been coming here, I guess for four four years or so, playing different shows in New York City, and we've been hearing about Terminal Five for a while. So it's it's a it's a cool thing to have worked up your headlining show toward playing there. You know what I mean? Because I mean, it's we've had to earn the cities, you know, the the, the old fashioned way here. So I mean, it's it's been it's been a cool thing. Yeah, and when you say you like you heard hype about it, what was that chatter? Was it like? Hmm. Well, the, the chatter was just uh, for, you know. First of all, we played the Bowery here years ago. Played it a couple times, and we played Webster Hall, and and just along the way, you know, like through my agent, through uh, other other fans saying you got to play Terminal Five one day, you got to play there. Like it's just a magical place to see a show. So tonight we get to uh, you know we, we get to experience that. Yeah, one thing that's pretty neat about it is there's three levels to it. That's what I hear. So they're gonna, you're going to have your probably most of the crowd on the pit on the floor with the stage. And there's a second level of people on the. What side. are you trying to say? You trying to say nobody's going to show up for the other, for the other two levels? Oh, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm playing, man. I know what you mean. I, I actually I actually glanced in there this morning, so I, okay. I got to see like what it was all about. So you've wow, it's not really morning for you. You this for people listening. This is like quarter after eleven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I glanced in there like around like nine thirty. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, it was still morning. I mean, come on, it was it was it was, it was still the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you did, was it a sound check or just like a pop in the door? It was just I, I just like to pop in and just see where I'm going to be playing. Like when I wake up, that's usually the first thing that I do is I just kind of check it out and then I go about my day and and and, and do stuff like this right here. Okay. So this is interesting. I think for people knowing what it's like leading up to the show at night. So. You're, you're, I guess you're sound checking like afternoon. Like yeah, like around two o'clock. I'll do this. I'll go. Uh, I'll go to a radio station. I'll do some interviews there. I'll play a couple songs on air, and then uh, I'll go do one more interview. And then I'll go do a sound check, uh, which usually lasts about an hour with me. I like to be pretty thorough with my sound checks. And then after that, I do VIP performance. I'll play like seven songs and meet everybody. It'll be like 150 people. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's kind of a it's a steady thing throughout the day. Do you feel like everyone goes that hard? Um, no. Um, I mean, I've been out with a lot of people. A lot of people do. A lot of people, you know, do do things different way. Um, you know, if, for me, it's like this. Um, you know, we we had been a doing our thing underground for a long time, traveling the country. You know, gaining fans the old fashioned way, and. You know, then we had a big hit at radio, and they were radio has been really great to us, and it kind of popped us onto a whole new scale of a whole new crop of fans. Um, but over the last like couple years, until I'm to blame, um, we had kind of been absent from radio, and and the fans during that time, um, you know, we kept playing so many shows, and they kept showing up, and they kept multiplying, and they kept sticking with us, and it's just kind of my way of trying to do something cool for them it sometimes it really wears on me to be honest like doing a vip and meeting 150 people after you know doing this stuff and using your voice all day and then singing seven songs and then singing a two-hour set at night like it really grinds on you um uh but i try to do something special for them the people that have been with us and know all the underground music and it's their chance to come in and hear just acoustic and and say hey we want to hear this and that that you never get to play so it's it's just kind of an intimate intimate moment between me and them yeah and damn you said two hour set tonight yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been on this tour. I've been, I've been playing about a two-hour set a night. Um, you know, and I've only got the, the new record just came out recently, so I've only got you know two bodies of work. But um, you know, I'll play, I'll play new stuff. I'll play stuff 
you know, that I wrote years ago. Um, I, we, I enjoy it. I mean, I've been playing the whole new record and most of the old record. Yeah. And when you were saying how like so much of this like extra time, this effort is, you know, devoted to the fans who have been building you up this way, I'm guessing like that's especially that, that VIP thing before the show. Yeah, I mean, like those are the those are the true diehards that kind of you know they've been to you know usually when when I'm doing the VIP experience when I meet the people, there'll be half of the people that have been to fifteen plus shows over the last you know two or three years. So I just I just want to do what I can um, as long as I can for those people that that that, that keep coming and supporting us. So you, there's specific people you remember. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember the names or faces. Most of the time, just faces. You know, I say, you know, it's, you know, there's so many people, and it always amazes me how somebody will really give me a hard time. Be like, you know, oh, I've met you twice. <laughs> I met you. Yeah, oh man, they'll give me a hard time. You don't you know? remember me? Yeah, and it's just it's hard sometimes because I've met five thousand Stacys and five thousand Tammies, and, and it's just like, it's just hard, man. It all starts running together, but I can remember their face. It's just sometimes it's it's difficult sometimes with the names. Mm. And is this a little like a, like an acoustic performance? Yeah, it's just me and a guitar, man. And it's it's cool, man. You get to strip the songs down to where they essentially started. And that, to me, that's like uh, that's the test of what the song is. When you when you strip it down and you don't have all the bells and whistles around, you're like, what what is the song? Like, how does it stand on its own? So like, I enjoy that. Cool. Let's drop in some music. So you were talking about the first song that broke your radio. That was something about a truck, right? It was. Okay, let's drop it in right now. Something about a kiss that's gonna lead to more. And there's something about a truck in a field and a girl in a red sundress with a nice cold beer to her lips. Begging for another kiss. And there's something about you and me and the birds and the bees and Lord have mercy. It's a beautiful thing. So we were talking about leading up to the show yeah. in New York. Um, so you're playing Terminal 5, and you mentioned this building up of going from bigger venue to bigger venue. What was Take me through your first show in New York. Uh, first show, as far as a, a headlining show, our first headlining show was at the Bowery Ballroom. And I still have that feeling of, even though this tour has been as successful as it has, I still have that feeling every time I go somewhere, like, is anybody going to show up? Um, but back then I really battled that. I mean, that was early on and, um, we'd kind of gone from playing, you know, bars where there might be 150, 200 people show up to all of a sudden, you know, eight, 900, a thousand people were showing up. So, um, New York city has an added pressure period. Um, there's lots of writers in the crowd. There's lots of magazine, you know, people are after magazines, uh, radio people. Um, and then this, the, the, the vibe of the city and 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 the the chatter that can go on after a show and um so it just had an added pressure for us so i mean Bowery ballroom was always will always be one of the most special nights for me musically the way people reacted to the up all night record in that place i mean it was it was one of the most electric nights that i've ever had playing music Cool. And for reference tonight, second level on the right is where the meaty people are. Yeah. <laughs> just so you know. That's where y'all be grilling me, man. Just tearing me apart, man. I didn't like the way he just shook his hips on that. He's trying to be Luke Bryan now. You know, it, it's going to be, yeah, you're tear me up, man. Luke Bryan can shake his hips. I saw him. He did his record release show. I was at here. It was um, 
let's see. Irving Plaza, but another yeah. cell, a small place, so you yeah. can really see those hips shaking. Yeah, he, he, you know what? I got I got swag and I got moves, but I, I don't know if I can shake him that hard, man. <laughs> so, what is your best move on stage? Man, I don't I don't have a, I don't have a you best don't have move. A I don't I don't have a go to man. I mean, for the most part, I'm gonna have my guitar in my hands the whole night. Um, there's there's a, there's a few times when I put it down, but. But yeah, I don't have like a go-to move. Maybe you can figure it out when yeah. it's over with. I don't. I don't know what it is in my head, off the top of my head. Because you can have moves with a guitar. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I'm sure I have something, but I, I, I I'm not. I'm, you'll just have to talk about it later on, I guess. Well, like I said, if maybe like angle yourself more towards that right side, second level, like right come side, over second that level, side, that part of the stage, to good I vantage will. point. Just all where everybody's just kind of just just got their arms crossed and mean mugging me. That's 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 where I'm gonna go entertain. And I feel like especially Wild Ones, the second album, it's really like for the people on the floor, it's a really like rock out kind of like put I, your hands up thing. I, I wrote it around what our life is now and I wrote it around with that what you just said, that concept in mind of it is a live show record and that's Everything I was shooting for in the studio, all the sounds, um, the the melodies. I mean, it was all around playing a live show. And as successful as Up All Night was, and as far as sales go, you know, maybe Wild Ones never matches that. But as far as translating to the fans, there there's a there's a whole different level of intensity and. Uh, passion for this record than there was the first record. Hmm. That's what we're seeing with the connection with the crowd is they're connecting to this record more than they did the first record. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hmm, I guess some of that is with those intimate meetings with the VIP and others is just like looking out at a crowd. Well, I mean, it was, you know, for us, it was just from the very first show on this tour, you know, playing the record for the first time, watching the people, the way people were reacting to Heart's Desire and watching the way they were reacting that that was us, which that was us was one of those songs on this record where, you know, people in my camp, you know, they're, they always have my best interest and they, they love the song, but there was different songs on this record was like, ah, you know, I don't know if you should be putting this on the record. You know, you, this is, I don't know if you can sing about this content. It's one of those kind of songs. But um, that song was so personal for me, and it's just awesome to see the way the fans are. It's obvious means something to them because the way they're leaning their head back and shouting these lyrics, there's something they really gravitated to. So 
um, it's been a it's been a pretty special thing playing this record live. Yeah, so you went ahead and put some content on the album, maybe some sounds, some lyrics that people were saying, um, maybe you shouldn't do this. Yeah, man, it just you know, I, I think too, it was such a um, it's it's a departure from up all night. You know, there's there's tiny threads of it. Um, Heart's Desire feels like it could have maybe fit on the up all night record, but for the most part, um, this record is a is a is a different sound than the first one. And when you have a success doing one thing. Um, the way the Up All Night was, um, a lot of times that, that you know, and I, and I understand it, but people that are in your camp, you know, will be a little fearful when you're doing something that's a whole different thing. And I'm just, I, I'm always going to be that artist that when I make the next record, it's not going to be anything like Wild Ones. And it's not going to be anything like Up All Night. Um, I have to stretch myself and I, I can't stay in one spot. Like I have to change. So I know that's going to always be a fear if this record is a success and the next one is you know got a very pure because you know i have a lot of very pure country roots I and mean, i was a big fan of webb pierce and haggard and those guys and this this next record is super 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 country like an old school country sound um people are gonna be like well, well that doesn't sound like wild ones well it's i'm just i'm gonna always kind of uh stretch my legs to each record and it'll and it'll revolve around where i'm at at that particular time in my life too wild ones will symbolic for where i was at that moment in my life yeah, and so it sounds like you've already been thinking about what the next album. Will I've sound already like. put three new bodies of work together. They're they're all complete separate bodies of work, um, and I don't know what I'm gonna do um, and how I'm gonna go about doing it. And I'm gonna keep writing towards it, but I, I have I've I've created three other projects that are all completely different in sound. Um, I just write, man. I just write what I feel, and I don't and I, I don't I don't like people putting limitations on me like I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to do that, I'm supposed to sound like this, and I just I just write what I feel in that moment. And Wild Ones was what I felt in the last two years. Yeah, and I guess a lot of people don't realize when you're touring behind an album, this is music that you put together a couple years ago, and the, that person on stage might have just laid down a track that's so different. Exactly, and you also change as a person. So, I mean, and I feel like with me, I feel like I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm always taking uh, lots of trips by myself. You know, I travel different places of the world to surf and I spend long, long amounts of time by myself yeah, and thought. And I, I feel like I'm I'm always figuring out more about myself by doing that. So I'm always changing. So I feel like the music's going to always change. And I'm not, I might not relate to that song on the Up All Night record the way that I did five or six years ago when I was writing it. Um, it might mean something completely different for me now. And then, a lot of times that's good, and a lot of times it's bad. A lot of times you don't connect with that song anymore. A lot of times you wrote just wrote a song for the heck of it that didn't mean much to you then, but now it means a whole lot more. Yeah, and also because like, the fans, they're going to want to hear those songs, even if like they've, you've maybe kind of moved on. There's probably some feeling of like a connection and obligation. Yeah, well, and also you take a song like Hey Pretty Girl. Hey Pretty Girl was, was, was solely about watching my bandmate go through who I was so close with go through a marriage and having a kid and how much that changed him it was my whole perspective on watching him but now that song means something completely different to me because for the first time in my life it's like my mind is open to the concept of all that and like I look forward now to like having a kid and 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 settling down with that somebody that I know that really doesn't care whether this crashes or burns and just is crazy about me for the right reasons. And so it's like, I look forward to all that, you know, I've watched my friends and stuff. And so now that song, it means a whole different thing to me. 
Yeah, so it's about someone in your life now. Well, not it's not it's not necessarily about somebody now. It's about me being more open minded because I was so close minded to the thought of settling down for so long because this was all I cared about was making something of myself in music. And now I just when I look at it, I'm not so standoffish with it. Now I'm more apt to be like, man, that might be kind of cool. That that what that you know, there's, there's I've I've gotten a little softer in that area as far as the mm-hmm. thought of it, you know. Well, yeah, because. Y- you kind of hustled your way, I'm sure, and now yeah, very much. More stability where- yeah, yeah, and I think as a man too, I think that's sometimes that's that's hard for a woman to understand is when you're really going after something, and there's something about a man feeling the need to feel stable and what they're doing to mm. feel like they can take care of. And for me, this was just such a burning passion to make something of myself in music that I had to, I had to put all my energy into this for so many years, mm. and it definitely, you know, was a was uh was something that you know you know caused me to push a lot of people that were very amazing people caused me to push those people away in my life mm. yeah because i'm wondering i was listening to you did an interview for spotify track by track for the first album and like i'm hearing about how the songs are about specific people places do you think the process for the second album was a little bit different because like you, your life changed a lot you got a lot more famous yeah you know i, I think that first off I hadn't experienced a whole lot. When I was writing that first record, it was all about nostalgic looking back things. It was all about how I grew up and it was all that, you know, past loves and this and that and 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 this new record is is exactly what you said. Um it's you know, you take a track like Lipstick that's just solely based around us traveling the whole world, you know, and it's seen all the different places and faces and how that changes you. It's but it's it's a whole different take on now the 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 how much you look forward to coming home, um, and I never could have written I wouldn't I never, I never would have related to the, that kind of song years ago. Um, so my life has completely changed, um, and and that this record has been very symbolic and very in the present of what my life was in that moment where the whole first record was mainly all, you know, a looking back and in past tense where this is a you know it's all about me. This is who I am. And I feel like that's more what this record is. It's more of a stamp on this is who I am, where I don't think the first one captured that as much. Hmm. Well, yeah, let's drop in some music. Let's play some lipstick. Just to feel your smile Girl, I wanna touch you while I kiss your lipstick Around the bed, down below And we're talking about we talked about the lyrics. Let's talk about the sound of the album too, because we touched on that a little bit before mm-hmm. about how you were taking a risk. Some people in your camp were like, "I don't know, should he be doing this?" Yeah. It sounds like the risk you think was more of a rock sound, right? Um, man, it 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 just it, it came out in my on the tape like I had it in my head. It wasn't necessarily that that you're going for a more rock sound. It's just. We experienced, you know, I experimented with so many different guitar sounds on the road and then in the studio with these guys. And um, I'd also been listening to a lot of Motown at the time. And if you hear songs like Listen to That Was Us, listen to the bass line through that. Um, Motown was so great at having a counter melody bass line that carried almost the whole song 
that was different from the the melody was being sung. And um, I think a lot of those things sunk in with me. Where mm-hmm. if you listen to That Was Us, you listen to Heart's Desire, you listen to Come and Get It. Come and Get It's you know, got one of my favorite bass riffs on anything I've ever done. Um, and, you know, that was... That was my bass player, Manny Medina, um, us listening to tons of Motown together. And it's like, as I'm playing that riff, you know, that's that's what he's that's the melody he's playing on the bass. And that's solely from us diving into some of those records. Um, and then I think, yeah, I think it's I think it was infused with a lot of um, rock sounds on it. Um, lipstick, for sure. I mean, there's there's no if, ands and buts about it. You know, it's a straight rock and roll song. Um, but, um, you know. Rock and roll has been in my blood for a long time. You know, my dad raised me on guys like Bob Seger and Bruce Springsteen and John Cougar Mellencamp and those guys and Jackson Brown and and then from the Temptations and and then tons of Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard. So it's all just kind of infused in the things that I do. Yeah, yeah. The Motown that's really interesting because I don't think a lot of people would think that at first. You know, I have a lot of people coming up to me saying how much they love the bass riff and that was us. Mm-hmm. But but that's a lot of where that stuff was it's not that we took a bass line but it's from us listening to so much of that that my my brain was all of a sudden trained to think of all that so when i'm writing that was us i'm already singing out the bass part that i that i would like to be going over my melody i'm singing all this stuff in my recorder i'm singing all the guitar parts i'm 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 putting together the production in my head long before we ever even go into the studio mm-hmm. and so that's why this record came out way more like i heard it in my head because I had time to live with the songs as opposed to the first record. Where the first record was just figuring it all out on the fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were talking about you, your your father or your parents introducing you to this music growing up. Tell me about that. Was it was it more rock? Was it more country? Was it was. It, it was. To be honest, man, it was. Um, the beautiful thing about it was, is my. I, I, yeah, I feel like you know, I'm I'm lucky that my dad, in my opinion, had amazing taste in music. Um, Jackson Brown's one of the most amazing songwriters ever to me. And so those are the people. He's playing the car for me, Bob Seger. Um, my mom was always playing Willie Nelson, Redhead of Stranger. I mean, we would go to Mississippi to see my to see uh, my my cousins and stuff, and it was, it was that record just on repeat. And I just think all that stuff sunk in with me. Um, and you can hear tons of blues in Willie Nelson. You know, there's all that stuff is in Ray Charles. I heard lots of Ray Charles growing up. So I just think that, Back then, you know, all that stuff was very specific genres, whereas now it would be a lot more open. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, Seeger stuff will probably be getting played on country radio now, Night Moves, those kind of songs. Um, but um, I just, I, I feel like I, they turned me on to Bob Dylan, is probably one of my biggest musical heroes. Um, and I, I, you know, I guess you classify him in folk, even though he went to a more of a rock and roll thing. Um, but people know Bob Dylan as folk music. So, um, but those are the guys that I studied. I mean, I studied Bob Dylan for years and I still study his lyrics and I'm always trying to, I would love to, to even be a fraction as good as he is one day writing lyrics. Yeah. And what you're talking about, about genres blurring, it's like within on like rock radio stations and alternative radio stations, there's a lot less guitar. And I feel like the new home for a lot of guitar centric music is more country. I would agree with that. I would agree with it. And I, you know, I think it's just been a gradual thing over time. Um, but, uh, you know, I think everything will go in waves. And I think that, I think that, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, they're, you know, 
everybody's going to have their opinions about so many different things, you know, and everything's always evolving. You know, if you look back at, at, um, country music, when Webb Pierce and Hank Sr. and those guys were playing, and then when, you know, you fast forward so many years and all of a sudden Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings and those guys come along with the people that were diehard Hank Sr. and Webb Pierce, they were looking at these guys going, wait a minute now, this ain't, this isn't the same sound that we were doing. And then Garth comes along and, and those guys, and it was a whole different sound than what Waylon and them were doing. So, you know, it's always been evolving throughout the years, um, and there's it's it's gonna it's gonna relate to the the people that it is during that time and during that genre. I mean, and, yeah. during that during that time and era. And you want to be one of the people who's changing things. It, it sounds like that's a big thing. For no, you know, I, I, you know, no, I, I don't want to say that. Like, I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to change anything. The format. I'm not trying to uh, say that you know one way is better than the other. I, I I never I never I never want to say that. I, I for me it's just more about I'm just trying to be true to myself with my time that I have here, and whatever that means, um, whatever that means for other people, um, however they take it. But I'm I'm not going to try to be something that I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep writing the kind of music that I feel that I need to write that particular time, and and let it fall where it may. Word, yeah. So when you're saying like the progression to Wild Ones and these three new projects you have, these changes, that's because it's like, huh, this is the music that's in my head right now. This is what has me excited. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's just I, I just have to I have to be excited about what I'm doing. I can't just I, I can't just do something because that's kind of what's going on, right, you know, at, at whatever particular time. Um, yeah, and and I, I in 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 the last month I've been completely dry, and so I haven't tried to force anything. I've had nothing to say. And it'll come to me again, you know, it'll come in waves. So um, I just want to be, I want to always be true to my craft and to my artistry. And, and I want to, uh, and I want to try to do music with the most integrity that I can. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to change anything. I'm not trying to say that it needs to go this way or that way. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to be true to my craft while I have the chance. Mm. Yeah, because I'm starting to think like if, I think there is a, a way someone can sit out to try to change things and have it work out, but I think a lot of times if you're really trying for that, it just like doesn't work. I don't know. <laughs> my, like, my, yeah, my, I don't... my mind, my mind, my mind hadn't gone there, so um, I, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to do the best with with what I can while I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see what else. Um. It's interesting because you 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 mentioned uh, Bruce is a, a big influence. The uh, the Jersey venue that you're playing tomorrow is based uh, Starland Ballroom in Sayreville is like hardcore uh, Bruce country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I um I got turned on to Bruce when I was probably I would say eleven, ten or eleven. Um, I had an uncle that I thought was the coolest guy on the planet, and he was blaring the uh, the um, Born in the USA record in his Jeep. And I was just like, what in the world is this? And I just thought it was so, you know, he was singing it, and I was just like, you know, well, this must be cool. Mm, and uh, But it was blowing me away, the sound of Born in the USA, the passion behind the way he was singing. Um, you know, and at the time, I just thought it was some USA chant. You know what I mean? Uh, I didn't, I didn't yeah, realize. A lot of people did. I didn't realize the magnitude of the lyric until I got older. Um, but, uh, and, and honestly, I went years without listening to him, and then I rediscovered him when I was probably... 24 and i was living in an absolute place that should have been condemned it was awful and uh just the desperate um 
Got to get out of here. You just the, the, the desperation that I had to try to make something of myself, and I had no money, and I, I felt like a complete loser. And I felt that way until I was 29, pretty much, 30 before anything popped. You know, you're watching all your friends settle down and start having 401K, and then they're having their families, and and you're starting to think, well, you know, because we're all kind of trained. You know, this 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 world is kind. Of, we're all kind of this hamster wheel, and we're all trained to kind of live life one way. Well, well, when you get out of high school, you go to college, and when you get out of college, you marry the person that you dated in in in, in college, or the person that you're serious with now. Well, this is the next step. Well, now it's time to have babies, and we're all trained that this is this is how we're all supposed to live. And so the minute somebody's stepping out of that and they're not doing things the same way, they're kind of looked at as the alien. And I felt like the alien. And here I am, 29, and I'm living in a garage apartment. I got nothing to show for my last seven, eight, nine years of any work, you know, as far as like, a, you know, a real, you know, what, what somebody's going to look for when I walk into a place. I've worked nothing but odd jobs and written mm-hmm. songs all days and worked night jobs here and there. And um, and that stuff starts coming into your head. You, and I, I fell many times I went in these deep depressions where I um, I had to really battle my way out of it. And um, But uh, it, it's... Um, I don't even know where I was going with this, but I, but I, but I, but I know that those those are the times that made me, and those are the times like and I, and I think I remember where we were going with this was that's when I related to the Bruce records for the first time in my life was the desperation behind those records, um, the Bob Dylan lyrics, um, all those songs all of a sudden were so captivating for me now that I'd lived life and I'd, I'd you know lived life on my own terms and you know in 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 those conditions where it was. I had such a burning desire to make something of myself and to 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 prove anybody wrong that was thinking that I was crazy for trying this, and to and to prove it to myself, you know, for 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 for, for the sacrifices that I'd made because I'd sacrificed a lot in my life to um to to do that, you know. Yeah, I mean, you, you mean you were just saying a few minutes ago how there were people you pushed away because you one hundred percent during those time. years, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking now, like even like like Bruce came out of like a dark, depressive period right before he did Born in the USA, mm-hmm. when he did like Nebraska, where he went through this period where he was like, "I'm like famous and I'm a rock star, but like really, what does it all mean?" Like this existential doubt that he yeah. fought through there. And I, you know, I I, I feel like um, I feel like I at times uh, face that now. I mean, I was watching the documentary the other day on on uh, on Thin Lizzy. And the lead and the lead singer on that, and I I was sitting on my bus, and it was this guy that had worked so long to try to create something, and he was the writer behind the songs for the band, and he was you know he was the guy, and they finally after years and years of struggle, they finally get a couple hits, and they start to taste that success, and it's finally starting to seem like it was all worth it. And then all of a sudden, they they can't get anything to hit at radio again, and they can't get anything to really happen. And then the crowds start kind of slowly getting smaller and smaller. And, I, and I'm watching this documentary, and I'm listening to them talk about how they watched this guy go in this depressive state because he carried the weight on, you know, he felt the responsibility for the whole, for the livelihood of everybody. And I felt that for so long, you know, when, when I had two or three records stall at, at radio, and you're kind of watching that, and you're kind of, all these people that have sacrificed to go along with you for the ride. And I started feeling the weight of the world of all the people in my camp that have believed in me and have worked with me. And, and I start taking on all that burden and I can feel just slipping into this dark place and closing everybody out and you get angry and you, you know, so I could, I, I remember watching this documentary. This was two weeks ago and it was, 
as he was on his deathbed as you know because of, of drugs and his liver shutting down and I found myself weeping watching this thing because I could I could relate so much to that guy in that moment and I, I felt my heart broke for him because they all talked about you know what a what a soft-hearted guy he was and what a good guy he was but he just he couldn't he, he he never could let go that it that that it, it's it's not his fault that things are crumbling like you know that was and I and I I have a hard time with that um, when things aren't going good I feel the need to try to fix everything and I, I'll you know so I have a hard time letting go and realizing it's just the way life is and and it's just let go and let it happen. Yeah, it sounds like in in his mind, unless the trajectory just kept going up. Yes. Once it started to dip the other he way, he felt he was letting everybody yeah. down, and he was the cause of it. And he couldn't write the same hits. And you know, somebody's like, "Write something about a truck again." I'm like, "Well, fuck! I wrote that song already. Like, I don't have that song in my bag anymore. You know, and I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm, I'm, that's not where my head is now. You know what I mean? So, um, but you know, the, I, I will say that the the beauty during this time, my 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 saving my saving grace, and I've and I've always been a spiritual guy, and I've always I've always prayed, and that's that's been what's kept me kept me out of these places for too long but but another thing has been i've been so fearful of 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 losing the fans and and them getting tired of coming to the shows and we're you know we're playing the same set you know before the wild and record came out and, mm-hmm. um i'm so grateful for that was what kept me going is walking out on stage and seeing their faces and they're there again and they're there singing the songs again um I care so much about what I do, and I care about so much what I, you know, what I write. And I, this, this, I never got into this career for the bullshit. I never got in for the fame and the and the sex and the drugs and the like. I, 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 I got into it for the, the purity of I love writing music. I love it, and I love performing it. And um, so, them kind of holding me up during this time um, has been has been a has been a pretty powerful thing for me. Yeah, and also I think a good way to stay in a positive frame of mind instead of thinking about, oh shit, am I losing fans? It's like the opportunity to just like get new fans and just expand things. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely that. Um, but in that same sense, you know, a lot of these venues were being filled up by fans that have seen my show for the 15th time, 75% of the people in there. So there was a small percentage that were the new fans because there wasn't really anything new for them to hear you know it was mm-hmm. you get a, a couple new fans word of mouth you know this and that but but it, but it uh i was always you know fearful of okay well do they want to hear these songs again and so i try to play some new songs and then you know you're afraid if you're just playing all new songs you're gonna be losing the crowd they're just all kind of demons that go on throughout your head and it, you're constantly fighting that battle of uh you know trying to get all that out yeah and yeah. just doing your job and just doing what you love to do yeah, I mean, through it all, like what we're talking about here, it seems like what I'm pulling out is if you treat this life or this career as like this thing you have to just treasure and like grip and hold on to, that's just un- going to be a nonstop problem. You just have to. Yeah, live. I've 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 actually in the last um, I, I've just now started learning how to do that. I've actually been having some of the best times of my life on this tour, just playing music, um, and I'm, I'm starting to let go and just kind of uh, enjoy the ride for however long it is. Yeah, and so, well, you just announced new dates for January. This might be my last interview with you ever. Who knows? <laughs> might not make it till January when you... <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so you, by the time people hear this podcast, it'll be in between legs of your tour, so... 
I feel like you're gonna do a lot of recharging in the holidays. I will. Um, I've got I've got one of my good buddies, Pete, in here, who's uh, from Philly, and uh, we're we're definitely gonna go. Um, he, he's he's my surfing bud, and we we take a lot of surfing trips together, and 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 we're gonna get kicked down to Costa Rica and surf for a good week, and then I'll go to I, I usually go to Maui um, at some point, and I'll I'll go out there for probably two weeks before the tour kicks back up, and I'll surf Honolulu Bay every day. Have you been surfing for a long time? I haven't been. Um, I didn't start till I was until I was twenty one. Um, I moved to the East Coast, and you know, and I, I surf for whenever the waves would allow on the East Coast for mm-hmm. for about three months, and then I just bought a one way ticket to the Big Island of Hawaii, and I lived in a pretty much a little hut out there for about six months, and I surfed every day there. And that was the only time in my life I actually lived where there was surf. So that was the only time I ever got to really practice. And now I go like, I take maybe two two trips a year um, where I'll get to go. Um, but it's always like you're kind of starting back over. You know what I mean? Because it's been mm-hmm. six, seven, eight months <laughs> since you've been. And you're like a noodle in the water. you got no strength. And it, it takes four or five days just to get your stamina. And then by the last day when you finally get your stamina, it's time to freaking go again. So um, I'm hoping... I'm looking at um it, it, it building a beach house on the coast, and I'm 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 hoping that I can live in that within the next year or two, and uh, cause I, I love it, man. There's there's surfing is is definitely one of the true loves of my life. Yeah, and so this was something you you moved to Maui. Was this when you were still trying? Was this already in music? No, I was already doing uh I've been doing the bar band scene in South Georgia from the time that I was you know twenty through twenty one for two solid years. I was uh-huh. doing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. And then I moved to the East Coast to work a to work a beach job, and that's where I got hooked on surfing. And I um, had no idea what I wanted to do in my life, and and I was writing songs, but I didn't think that was actually a possibility. And then I moved to to Hawaii, and I got really serious with my writing while I was out there. I had a little beat up Yamaha guitar, and and um, this buddy of mine was living in this little tiny little hut with me. I mean, it was some tight quarters, and so he would hear these songs that I was writing, and he would say, you know, these are these are these are good songs you know looking back they were shitty but you know he kind of gave me that little made me think i was a little better than i was at that time you know like um there was a lot of holes in the writing at that time but uh but you know it kind of gave me that boost because i knew that you know i was camping out in these amazing valleys and just seeing the most amazing sunsets you've ever seen and i'm surfing and i still wasn't happy there was a piece of me that wasn't happy and i feel like i'm always i feel like i'm, I'm one of those people that's always uh, like a never-ending journey for for um for that sense of peace, you know, I feel like I'm always searching for that. Um, and you'll have it in fleeting moments. You mm-hmm. know, you'll you'll find it in fleeting moments, and then you you want to hold on to it, and it slips through you. And and um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I realized that without doing music, I wasn't going to be happy. Yeah. Did you like go to school for anything? Did you have like a, a vocation or a major, anything before music? He's looking. He's like, man, this dude's weird, man. <laughs> Uh, trying to figure all this out. Yeah, I know. He's like looking at me like, what is this guy talking about peace and journey? And like, freaking, <laughs> let's just get back to the music, man. Uh, uh, um, what was the question? Yeah, but before music, before that became your goal in life, did you like go to school for something? I did went to school. Like, I went to school, but uh, I, I, I could never figure it out, man. <laughs> I changed my major at least six times. Um, I'll never forget walking um I, I really i wanted to be rocky balboa when i was a kid like i mean like when somebody asked me like sir I, I wanted to be like i really did like i still i still want to be a boxer okay. uh, but i wanted to be rocky balboa um or rambo one of the two i just wanted to be still home <laughs> period somehow but uh you know um that was 
um, even when people now, I was I was talking about boxing in this interview the other day, and they were like, "Well, who do you think is the top five fighters of all time?" I went, Rocky they went Bal- to Rock- that. I, I said, "I said Rocky Balboa, Apollo Creed, Mr. T, Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali." <laughs> but, but anyways, um, that was you know uh, when I, I remember getting to college, and I changed my major from education to psychology, which was was, was awful, and then to something else, uh, you know, um, business. Um, and I remember I was like, you know what? I'm going to go be an actor. I'm going to go be the next Rambo. I'm going to be the next Rocky. So I remember going into the, uh, to the, to the theater building. I remember the guy kind of checking me out, looking at me. That was, uh, that I was going to have to, he says, so what makes you want to be, you know, actor? I was like, well, you know, I'd, I'd like to make action movies. I want to be like, you know, the next Rambo or something, you know, whatever. And he kind of chuckled. He said, do you have any idea what you're going to be doing here and, 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 you know, and majoring in theater? How, you know, in my mind, it's still Rocky. That's what's in my mind. He says, take a little walk with me, and we go to the theater building. He, he he opens the door, and I mean, it was like perfect time, and I got two brothers. It was like the minute he opened the door, and I'm not knocking this, anybody, that, that's not, I just, I realized it wasn't for me in this moment. Um, the minute he opened the door, I saw this, this, this person kind of leap across the stage in this leotard, and I kind of patted the guy on the back. I said, "Yeah, man, this ain't for me." And um, that was it. That was my that was my stint with theater, and I was out. That and wasn't that wasn't Rocky. It wasn't that Rocky, wasn't man. Rambo. It wasn't Rocky. So it was like that. You know what, man? I'm I'm not gonna be too good at this. What what, what show was? You know the production that was. I have no idea, man. But I just I knew in that moment that that I wasn't gonna last in the theater major. You know, was it a good jump? It was an amazing jump. Okay. It was the most graceful leap I've ever seen, and I realized I couldn't do that. That just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't in the cards for me. All I can do is throw a right hook. I can't jump like that. So, um, and I don't even remember what this question, where this, where this went. But oh yeah, oh yeah. So no, I didn't study music. I didn't do any of that. You know, I, I kind of bounced around different different stuff and, and 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 tried different majors here and there. But but once again, man, I was never happy. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to coach high school basketball. So I played basketball, you know, in the college and. And um, that was the last thing that I did. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go do, I'm gonna go do uh, kinesiology, health, and phys ed. I'm gonna go be a basketball coach at a high school. And I still, one day, that's what I want to do. Really? Yeah. Coach specifically basketball at a high school, or just basketball coaching in general? Um, I, I want to go into a, I want to go into an inner, inner city um, where I feel like you know the kids need more than just a basketball coach, okay. where they need a mentor and. Um, and that's 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 what I want to do. I'm actually looking at trying to volunteer soon to start doing that. Um, but uh, you know, it's gonna be down the line. But I mean, I, I look forward to doing that one day. That does. I mean, that sounds like a very good sort of clear your head outside of music, do positive things, completely yeah. different. Yeah, I just you know I, I um yeah I mean I I got a lot of things that I want to do. You know, I'm I'm trying to you know do these skate parks now, and I'm trying to like I'm just trying to. I'm trying to do some positive things while I while I can while I have the chance. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram. So you're building skate parks. I am. Um, I'm going to the inner cities and, and uh, places that 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 really need um, that need those kind of things. The kids where they need a safe place to go to. Um, and I'm just uh, I'm building parks and I'm I'm putting kids on skateboards that would have never been introduced to skating. That would have never um, had a nice skate park in the in the area. And and when we're going in, we're teaming up with people and and just trying to uh, create something positive in that community. Cool, cool. Keeping them out of trouble, man. I mean, yeah. I've, I've had a lot of stories of parents coming up to me and and just saying how these parks are, you know, keeping my kid from joining a game. You know what I mean? This is mm-hmm. pretty powerful stuff. Where the, you know, there's one kid, uh, Reggie, that's back in Nashville. He never skated, and he's, uh, you know, I don't know how old he is. I'm assuming he's probably 11. And um, watching this kid on the skateboard in the short time, it's 
it's absolutely amazing. And who knows, you know, I mean, my thing with like, you take a you take a kid like that, all of a sudden he falls, and he, you know, and when he when he talks about it, he says, "I've never loved something like this." You take a kid like that 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 just had never had that spark, and then all of a sudden. And that kid might end up being a professional skateboarder one day, or it might just spark him into all of a sudden thinking positively, and I, that it changes his whole mindset. Where if if it changes one kid, and then that's the only and it only changed one in the whole time of these parks for the next several years, and it was all worth it. So I'm just trying to do something, and that's where I'm starting. Yeah, take him out on a vacation on a surfing trip too. They like maybe that. maybe. <laughs> cool. Well. Trying to see if there's anything else I want to touch on. Um, actually, so you're the second country musician I've had on the podcast. The first was Ashley Monroe, and I saw on Instagram you guys are friends, right? Ashley's Ashley's a, a good friend, um, insanely talented. Um, we did some stuff. I want to say um, we 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 it was the ACMs last year. Me and her and Dirks did a um, covered some Waylon Jennings stuff at the mm-hmm. show. Um, and just insane talent. Yeah, I love Ashley. Yeah, yeah. She came through New York a couple months ago. She played Bowery. Yeah, she's. I'm sure it was great. Yeah, she's amazing live. Yeah, she's one of those that does not need any auto tune. She can she can hit the notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, live most people aren't getting auto. Well, some are, but so yeah. Well, yeah. Best of luck tonight. Like I said, I'll be there. Hopefully those vocals after those seven tracks. I'm gonna look at you, man. I just want to see. I just want to see you having a good time. That's all I want to see. I just want to see the industry people having a good time. Like that's my goal tonight. Is I want to see you cutting loose with a few drinks, just having a good time. If I see you with your arms folded, <laughs> then I might come up there. I might come up there. See, I'm conflicted if I and even want to be. I still have there. a rocky hook, man. I'm just letting you know right now. Got me on my toes right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> See, I and even before this, like, I was debating because, like, the last time I was at Terminal 5 a couple weeks back, I was up there, and you can't really see that well. Because even if you are right by the balcony, unless you're the first person at the balcony, you can't see anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But but hopefully you can find yourself a good seat tonight because it's going to be wild. Yeah. Wild ones. Yeah. <laughs> Is that – do you have a name for your fans? Like a fan? I need one. I mean, Wild Ones is the obvious one. Just threw yeah. it out there. Hey, you know what? We're going to start that. Starting today. Wild, hashtag Wild Ones. Yep. We're going to start it today. That's important to have on Twitter these days, to mobilize everybody. I appreciate that. I'm going to take it and run with it. I'm dead serious right now. <laughs> that's mine. That's my idea. You got it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the show. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Wow. I, I like how we just went back and forth between deep things to fun things very frequently i think that's a sign of a good podcast and we talked about the terminal five show a lot he kind of kind of rags on me about yo you're gonna be up in that press deck i want to see you move and i want to see you having a good time and fortunately i mean it was a great show that i was at last week i had a blast there i was absolutely moving i was absolutely singing along he covered the middle by jimmy world which if you know me was a a big moment for me during that show was uh it was a good time. It was open bar, so I, I had a blast at that Kit Moore show. It was great. He came by, and it was because the press area was kind of mostly his fans, his, like his VIP fan club, so I was up there with them having a great time. Kip came through after the show, gave us all high fives. It was wonderful, so a happy ending to that one. Kit Moore, check out his album, Wild Ones. 
And yeah, as far as uh, the podcast goes, we, as I said before, had two previous country episodes. If you want to dig into the archives, check those out. One was Ashley Monroe. The other one was a talk I had with a couple other writers about how country music has been changing in the past year. A really interesting talk there, new developments, stuff to keep up with. So if you want to listen to those two previous podcasts, a couple ways you can do it. If you're listening to this show on the Billboard website, if you're on Billboard.com right now, just go towards the bottom of the story, and there's a link to iTunes there. Just click on that. If not, just go into iTunes, the podcast section, on your computer, on your phone, or whatever, and search for Alt in Our Stars. You can listen to all the archived episodes in there and also subscribe to the podcast once you're in iTunes you can do that there too and you absolutely should also any kind of a star rating you give the show helps a lot comments help a lot too if you have specific feedback you can hit me up on Twitter at cpainonaplane that handle is also towards the bottom of the article if you're on billboard so yeah just a reminder getting towards the end of the year here. I've had a blast, absolute blast doing this podcast for you guys. I feel like I've gotten a lot better at it as the year has gone on. And so it runs every Friday around midday, noon, 1 p.m. on the Billboard website. Check back next week for our final episode of the year. Won't say what it is, but I have a bunch of guests I'm really excited about to share with you guys. So we'll have a great year-end episode next Friday. Then we're away for the holidays. Next two Fridays are Christmas Day and New Year's Day, as luck would have it. So I'm not going to be throwing out podcasts at that time. I know better. I want you guys to actually not have better things to do and sit down and listen to the podcast. So we'll be back better than ever January 8th of 2016 with a new season of the Alts and Our Stars. So till then, happy holidays. See you next week. Peace out, guys. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.